there's these little subtle things that you pick up from your parents that at the time don't seem like a big deal. But as you get older, you realize that they were either one extremely beneficial to where you got to today and two extremely disastrous for the goals that you're trying to accomplish. Here's an example for me. When I was younger, my mom forced me at gunpoint to read two hours after school every day. Now, if you couldn't tell from this podcast, I was a hyper kid. I liked running around. I liked playing basketball. I liked going and kicking dirt around with my friends. But every day after school, my mom made me read two hours. I had to go get a library card. I had to go pick a book. I'd pick a book with a fancy, cool cover, but I'd have to be forced to read it. And it made me read so many fiction books as a kid. Looking back, I can see that was obviously extremely helpful for my somewhat love of internet reading now. You know, when I played video games, I would always be the first person to look up all the cheat codes, all the FAQs, as they called them uh, back in the day. I'd go to all these different websites and I know exactly how to do the playthroughs, the walkthroughs, the secret passageways. I was obsessed. <coughs> now, my mom was a very sarcastic person. <laughs> She still is to this day, honestly, super sarcastic. So I remember as a kid, one of the disastrous things that I learned from my mom was um, anytime I wanted something, like, you know, I'd say, I want a PlayStation or, you know, can I get some chocolate, mom? You know, just being an annoying eight-year-old, basically. She'd be like, put it back. Black people can't afford those. And she said it as a joke, you know, a little joke to herself. He's like, that's for the white kids. Black people can't afford that. But I remember one day my dad uh, heard her say that. And he's like, you probably shouldn't say that to the kids, right? You know, like, obviously she's joking, but, you know, you don't know how far these seeds can plant. And this one thing that my mom said is an example of things that parents say to their kids all the time. You see, there's this one book I was reading. I wish I would remember what it was called, but basically it goes over your money mindset. This is a huge, huge thing that I learned that really shaped the way that I think in the future. You see, the things that you think about money, the ways that you think of money, how you earn it, the way that you think about training your time for money, all of those things come directly from everything that you heard about money. For instance, like, you know, I don't know what's some good money sayings. I, I wish I prepared for this, but there's like um, money doesn't grow on trees and stuff like that. You should save all your money. You know what I mean? Don't get a credit card. Like there's all these kind of different money sayings that I wish I kind of wrote up before that, um, you know, really, they really infiltrate their way to the way you approach money as an adult. So knowing all this, there is no, there is, um, how you say, what, what do the people say on the street? I can't think of it, but there is clearly a reason why you can see billionaires treat money the way that they do to this day, right? Billionaires spend money and think of money very differently than you and me do, right? For instance, a lot of people who work in nine to five they view money as time, essentially, right? You get $25 an hour 
for you know giving an hour of your time, right? That's how they think that billionaires and millionaires make money. They think they make it through just trading their time for money. So the concept of like passive income, that's income that you can make in your sleep. You do the work once up front and they get paid through over and over again as a result. That concept of that is something that has to be taught to a lot of middle class people. For instance, one area of passive income is stock investing, which I like to talk about in this podcast. So you invest into stocks and that stock will pay you a dividend. And then by the time you're able to retire, uh, hopefully you'll be paid enough dividends from the stocks that you own so that you don't even have to work ever again if you don't want to. It's a beautiful thing, passive income. And then all of these billionaires make lots of money through lots of different income sources. So us, as regular day individuals, we'll make most of our money from nine to fives. However, billionaires, how they make their money? They make most of their money through their multiple sources. So maybe they have a salary But at the same time, they'd also have maybe another business they're working on or they'd have a salary or maybe they have a trust fund or stock portfolio or maybe they'd be running two to three businesses at the same time. Or maybe within one business, they'd have through three different income streams that that one business is selling. Right. They always have multiple sources of income so that they can um, using leverage that, you know, Let's them always have an income source to triple their money. You know, they get paid three salaries when the average person probably only gets paid one. So the thing I've been fascinated with recently is how much billionaires and the way they spend money is different from us. It's truly incredible. And one of the coolest things or the things that you can watch right now is watching the presidential debates or the president uh sorry the democratic presidential debates right there's a bunch of candidates they're all trying to run to be basically the presidential elect candidate for the democratic party and then take on trump um, after the primaries and in the race right now one of the guys who entered and he entered like november december ish his name was michael bloomberg Now, Michael Bloomberg is a 50 billionaire. So what does that mean? That number is so unfathomable for the average person that we really cannot conceptualize how much money that really is. So here's a way to kind of start out the conceptualization process. Uh, Let's see here. 50 times. Okay, so. If Bloomberg has a $50 billion net worth, right, and he's able to get a 5% return off of that net worth every year, that means basically for just his businesses maintaining, not even growing, just maintaining, he's expected to make $2.5 billion from doing nothing. Whether that's his $250 billion in stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, whatever, however it's multi- Um, However, he diversifies that asset portfolio. If you just assume a very conservative 5% rate of return on his assets, he's making $2.5 billion for doing nothing every year. Do you know how hard it is to spend $2.5 billion? 
that's a really lot of pizzas. That's a lot of steaks. That's a lot of houses, apartments. It's actually incredibly hard to spend $2.5 billion within the economy, believe it or not. Unless you're just like buying crazy stuff, amount of stuff for a lot of people. So in this presidential race, you're seeing him doing crazy things, just just astronomical things. For instance, he spent over $180 million in the race already just on TV ads. The next closest people actually hold up. Yeah. The next closest people, like the five front runners for the presidential race, haven't even equaled that amount of um, that much of an amount, 180 million. They haven't even raised that mountain of money with their all their money combined. So he spent more money than all of the other candidates even raised combined. This is how much money billionaires have. And as we go through this series, I want to really show you that like once you start hitting these different brackets of money or these people at the top who have these different brackets of money, the way that they think of money is completely different than us. So flight crew, how do we going into 2020 change the way that we think about money? I want you to take this number one concept. It's not all about trading your time for money. It's about being able to set up for yourself multiple sources of passive income, whether that's you have your stocks going, whether that's you set up a business for yourself so you can get some business income, or you're just really working hard through the, you know, your career ladder. So you're either investing in school or investing in some sort of certification so you can uh, raise through that career path and get to those higher salary brackets. Being able to really jot down the multiple ways that you're going to be able to make money. That's not only trading your time for money, but it's like leveraging your time up front and getting paid for it for the rest of your life. Learning these different ways that to think about money is how you can get to that CEO type of salary status and make those Benjamins. And as always, the best, most brightest investors, they are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Make sure to share this on Twitter and give it a good retweet. I'm at FlyStew on Twitter and we, Flight Crew, have to take off.